You're listening to the CX Innovators Podcast. As business leaders look for ways to improve productivity and profitability, they're increasingly turning to innovative automation and self-service technologies. But keeping up with the rapid pace of new innovations can be overwhelming. Now there's a website to help you do just that. From the publishers of Kiosk Marketplace, Vending Times, and Digital Signage Today, Automation and Self-Service covers trends in artificial intelligence, robotics, kiosks, payments, and much more. Visit the site today and subscribe at www.automationandselfservice.com. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the CX Innovators Podcast. My name is Bradley Cooper. I am the editor of ATM Marketplace. And today I'm very excited to be joined by Mac Turner, who is president and owner of Mac Turner Marketing Consulting and Insights, and also has experience with multiple banks, including Bank of America. And we're going to be talking about how banks can communicate better with our their customers. How are you doing, Mac? Wonderful, Bradley. Thank you so much for inviting me. Excellent. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it. So when think about how banks communicate with their customers, we've obviously seen some hiccups, some good elements, you know, maybe maybe some mistakes that could have been avoided. So when it comes to how banks communicate to their customers, what do you think they are doing correctly, first of all? Let's start with the positive. Thank you for the question. Most banks and other financial institutions have learned that communicating the legal minimum and communicating in only legal language is not enough and may, in fact, create additional problems. The customer may believe that the bank is trying to hide something in all the legal text. Moving from only legal speak to plain speech has been an important lesson in the process of becoming trusted, open, transparent, and human to the customer. Part of the moving to that trusted, transparent relationship is making sure the intent of the bank's communication is what is understood by the customer. Sometimes we say or write, but to us is perfectly clear, but the listener receives a very different message. Banks that test their messaging with real customers will run a much lower risk of the message being misunderstood. A second aspect of communication that I believe most banks are getting right is to communicate through multiple channels. Some companies would prefer to communicate only through email or text or physical mail today Not only are there differences in personal preferences, but the physical ability to receive messages through certain channels may be limited. Banks that communicate well, communicate through multiple channels, communicate early, and communicate often. They don't assume the customer received and understood the message on the first pass. I really like that, especially you discussing the legal language, because, I mean, quite frankly, many consumers aren't going to understand the legal language and they're going to assume that something strange is going down because I mean, they don't understand. So moving forward to kind of the negative side, what do you think banks are doing incorrectly when it comes to communicating with customers? Well, from an advertising communication point of view, Some banks are assuming that their target audience will be most accessible through only digital channels. This may 
not be the case. Not only will some people not engage with the digital channels, but they may have learned to mentally block out banner, border, and mini ads while focusing only on the primary content. Different media channels will also be more appropriate at different stages in the awareness, evaluation, choice, and experience journey. A multi-channel communication strategy customized to leverage the most effective media channels at the appropriate journey stage will prove more successful than opting for limited channel exposure, which may be driven for the wrong reasons, such as which channel cost the least and which channel is perceived to be most popular or the newest. Another surprising con continuing issue for me is the failure to appreciate the multiple language preferences in the U.S. population. A one or two language model is completely inadequate as part of maximizing your local presence. Part of being of the community and not just in the community is a sensitivity an inclusive response to concentrations of alternative language preferences. I really like that. And I like that you brought up digital because I think a lot of people assume, oh, we only should communicate through digital channels. But as you mentioned, sometimes it can be effective, but in many cases, people are consumers just going to tune it out or they may not understand what the messaging is supposed to be. So kind of speaking more broadly, do you think there are strategic issues at play here with how banks communicate? Yes, there are strategic issues in both the how and the what of the communication. We've already touched on the how. For me, the strategic issue with the what revolves around brand identity. In my consulting work, I am hearing more and more people say that all banks are the same. The messaging and creative strategy must be clear and rememberable, not only concerning what is being communicated, but who is doing the communicating. In situations where availability and features of mobile and digital banking services are relatively equal, where advice and problem handling experience are at parity, when pricing is undifferentiated and physical acceptability is within an acceptable distance, banks must leverage all micro experiences to positively differentiate themselves. This would include creative consistency, message signaling, and communications frequency, along with other messaging tactics. Okay. Prove the bank is most aware and aligned to the customer's needs and expectations. Yeah, that's a really great point. I like that you brought up branding because it does seem like many banks, they don't, they do have a brand, but it's not one that consumers can very easily tell apart, like telling the difference between, uh, you know, two large banks, consumers are just going to see two large banks or even two smaller banks. So I think the branding issue is really important. But I want to lean into the question, what do you see as the key ways banks can improve their messaging? So we've seen some of the problems. What are some of the ways they can improve it? 
there are several possible points to improve, and here are three. First, test the message with real customers and prospects. Don't accept a grade level score from a software program. Uh, just because you understood the words that were written, that doesn't mean that you come away with a shared understanding of the message. Mm -hmm. And don't accept excuses like, we don't have time to test. There are excellent rapid turnaround tools that will give you fast and accurate answers. Don't go into those situations blind. Secondly, be honest with yourself about the purpose of your communications. Are you telling the customer something that aligns to the customer's values, customer's needs, the customer's wants, or are you attempting to influence the customer to change their behavior to benefit you? Your customers are sophisticated and are exposed to thousands of messages. They will know when they're being manipulated and will not appreciate it. Marketing is not, is not manipulation. And finally, don't expect your message to be heard or acted upon immediately. You must communicate frequently through multiple channels with a compelling, consistent message. Just as marketing is not manipulation, marketing is not magic. It requires commitment, uniqueness, and consistency to be successful. Right. I really like what you brought up there because a lot of bank, you know, some banks will try to copy what social media does, which is, you know, show you an advertisement of like, oh, you looked at this, so let me show you an advertisement. And that might work sometimes, but the consumers are so inundated with it that they can instantly, you know, tell the difference. They can say, oh, they're just trying to manipulate me based on something they know about me. But let's move a little ahead a little bit. So when we're talking about the customer experience and bank communication, banks many times feel like they're struggling with neobanks and other financial institutions for customer loyalty. So what are some ways banks can improve customer loyalty? Great question, Bradley. Thank you. Loyalty is frequently misunderstood. An individual can leave an account or a relationship open with you after they have emotionally left you just because it is too difficult to close the accounts. You will just not receive any future business from them. Today, we have banks with national coverage models through digital and physical channels. In the distant past, whenever someone moved any real distance, they had to open new accounts, not anymore. So it's vital that banks capture the customer early in the first days of college, high school, or even earlier. Many customers today do not have experiences of choosing or changing banks. Their parents did that for them. Loyalty must be nurtured and maintained by offering anticipatory, personalized experiences. Banks generally have rich behavioral data, but not all banks leverage that data effectively to understand and anticipate changes in their customers' lives and to be the first to offer assistance and solutions. 
With the success of mobile and digital products, many customers only interact physically with bank employees when they have a problem or need advice. This means that the problem solvers must be aggressively empathetic. Not only do they, under, do they need to understand the customer's issues, mm -hmm. but they are determined to make things right. And they must be capable of offering informed, personalized advice and solutions. I, I also hear bank customers say that they did not leave their bank, their bank left them. Many banks have exited markets as digital solutions reduce the need for branches to conduct certain transactions. There's still a need, however, for physical branches to conduct transactions that digital services don't cover. There's probably a tipping point where the next nearest branch is now too far away, especially when there are closer alternatives. A bank must decide if their customers will make the move with them and if that matters. And if it doesn't matter, well, what message has that bank sent to its stakeholders? That's a very interesting point. So I kind of want to lean into that a little bit more. So you're talking about maybe many branches are moving or closing. So how does that impact people who may not have the best broadband service, especially out in more rural areas? That is an, an excellent point. Many, many corporate decision makers are in urban centers. They have an accepted experience that the experience they are having with digital tools and services must be the experience that everyone everywhere else is having. And that's just not the case. The more rural the customer is, the more likely that their digital experience may not be that reliable. Mm. So a bank that wants to cover a more rural market is going to need to have alternatives than just the digital solutions. And that means that either you are physically present, you have some storefront presence, or even a mobile, and I don't mean digitally mobile, I mean physically mobile presence to serve those customers that are not covered in a digital footprint. So I want to kind of, you know, talk a little bit of positive points. Do you see any impressive examples of banks who are communicating with their customers effectively? What I can say is purely from an outside looking in perspective. I, I have no special knowledge of these bank strategies. I can only reflect on what I see as a or someone in the market. Um, that said, to me, Chase is doing an excellent job of de novo entries into markets with young transitioning populations like college towns. They have also, also entered growing markets who receive new households from Chase's traditional markets. What I see as Chase's multi-channel strategy recognizes the importance of digital delivery while intentionally entering markets where they can either gain or retain relationships. 
a lot of the purpose of their physical presence appears to be to train new customers on how to use digital services. So the physical presence brings the business in and then that let's use the branch as a training center allows the customer to get a full, rich, broad experience. Speaking of digital services, I see Bank of America successfully educating their customers on the depth and breadth of their mobile offering. The importance of customers being comfortable doing more transactions than just checking activity or transferring money between accounts allows mobile capability to really achieve the promise of being a full service capability and not just a limited function capability, which probably will not fully achieve mobile strategic value. And finally, Truist Bank appears to be making continuing commitment to being in rural and small markets like we were just discussing. While some banks have concentrated on major urban centers, Truist appears to believe there is profitable business in smaller markets that can only be successfully served through a physical presence. Now, to our earlier conversation, this strategy also acknowledges that in some areas, high-speed internet service and mobile service may not be reliably available. So some people may not be able to bank digitally, even if they wanted to. Yeah, and I think that brings up a great point because in many cases you're not also you're you're also dealing with older customers who you do need to be able to train to use those digital services or may not be as familiar with those digital services. To the point we were discussing a, a few minutes ago of perhaps people just don't have access to these things. I'm familiar with a situation where a older individual did not own a computer or a mobile phone. Mm -hmm. And they were experiencing a fraud situation. And they went to a bank to look for help. And the bank said, we can't print that information for you here, but we'll email it to you. Oh, no. Exactly. The bank had no real channel to satisfy the customer's need who had absolutely no access to any form of email because they didn't even own the technology. That is very interesting, but that, I'm sure that's a more common situation than people realize. It, it's definitely, it's definitely um, speaks to the idea that banks, they need to have that physical presence. They need to be able to meet customers where they're at, not just you know through the bank's preferred channels. That's exactly right. You need to be able to meet your customer where the customer is, not where you want the customer to be. I really like that. So with that in mind, wrapping up, is there anything else you'd like to share about this topic? Well, we are, we are living in a very interesting and transitional time. Uh, not only do banks have new entrants that they have to deal with, but as you brought up so well, Many, many large and small banks have not found ways to positively differentiate themselves. 
in a much more competitive market. Now is a time to step back and really make certain that you understand your customer and what the customer needs and wants. We're also seeing many, many banks and other companies reducing the amount of research that they are doing. And collectively, we feel that that's a mistake. We're living through a very uncertain time. And it's very much like saying it's very dark and it's foggy and it's stormy. And I've got this flashlight, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to turn it off. So it's incredibly important that you keep the lights on in understanding how to build your strategy and how to move forward in a darkening environment. So that's, that was really great. It gives us a lot to think about. So I want to thank Mac for joining us, and please stay tuned for more on the CX Innovators Podcast. Thank you so much, Mac. As business leaders look for ways to improve productivity and profitability, they're increasingly turning to innovative automation and self-service technologies. But keeping up with the rapid pace of new innovations can be overwhelming. Now there's a website to help you do just that. From the publishers of Kiosk Marketplace, Vending Times, and Digital Signage Today, automation and self-service covers trends in artificial intelligence, robotics, kiosks, payments, and much more. Visit the site today and subscribe at www.automationandselfservice.com.